Hello, ladies. This is Paige here, and I just want to thank you for uh, joining us for the podcast um, follow-up of Early Christmas Presents as we dive more into um, Mary's story and what it looked like in Mary's life as she experienced the presence of Jesus. I think it's a, a pretty uh, widely accepted blanket statement to say that there's a lot that we could say about Mary. There's a lot of different angles uh, that we could could utilize in approaching her story and looking at how she how she um, experienced Jesus um, both as as his as his mother and and in other ways. And so just to recap the written text of of what hopefully you've read online in your devotional this morning, we we talked about. Mary's capacity and how she um, had the call and invitation to birth uh, Christ into the world around her. And we have the same call and invitation as well, not to physically birth Christ into the world around us, but spiritually to do that. We are light bearers. We uh, carry the light of the world within us as a city on a hill, uh, Matthew 5 um, paints uh, some visual images that describe that concept. But in talking about Mary today, I actually want to go a different direction. So um, something that stuck out to me about the story of Mary and the biblical text for this is in Luke chapter 1. Uh, just painting the scene before I go straight into Scripture, this is when Mary finds out for the first time that she is going to be carrying the Son of God in in her womb, her virgin womb. And so um, you can just imagine all the different level of emotions that that accompany that, but it's what the angel says to her that has me kind of scratching my head, has me meditating on it, and I just want to unfold it, unfold it with you. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says, and he came to her, he, speaking of the, the angel of the Lord, Gabriel here, and it says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So I want to talk about favor for a minute and what it means to find favor with the Lord and what it looks like externally because I think it looks very different than what we think it looks like sometimes. Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so we know that her story unfolds because we see it more clearly. We're in a different light and a different tense than she was in the moment. That because of that favor, she had this great call and this great task on her life, and this great invitation to walk obediently with the Lord. And so, um, because I've been blessed to be in a community, a community of faith, a family of faith, it's been common to have that prayed over me. We pray, uh, Lord, that Paige would have favor on her life, or I pray it for my own children, that, that Foster and Emmett would would have favor on their life. And, and that is something that God and His goodness grants to others, but it is never just a badge to wear without purpose. Favor is never 
just favor for the simple purpose of being a, a descriptive uh, word of, of something that, that God gives out to us. Favor is a catalyst from the Lord for accomplishing something great. And usually that is uh, bringing glory to himself, bringing glory to Jesus. And that's what you see in Mary's life. And so just in backtracking a little bit in Scripture, and I've said this before in a different podcast where we talked about grace, we hear the word favor in Scripture for the first time with regard to Noah, that Noah had found favor or grace in the sight of the Lord. But because of that, Noah had a call to be obedient, to build the ark, to face much adversity and criticism as people did not believe anything about what he was doing. And uh, that's what favor looked like in his life. And so where we're sitting in 2018 or, or 2019, if you're reading, listening to this after the year, um, we can look at Noah and say, oh, that's great to find that he found favor because he survived the flood and all was well. But what we don't consider is what favor looked like as the boat was being built in that process. Uh, just the elements of faith that are evoked and required to walk in the favor of God. And so I'm thinking about Noah in this sense, and I'm just trying to piece it together in my mind with Mary as, as Mary is thinking, what does this mean that I've found favor with God? I'm grateful, but what is this invitation that I'm being called into? Is this going to require faith? Other times in scripture that we've seen a picture of favor painted was with Joseph. While Joseph was in captive slave-like circumstances, he found favor with man because of God. It says that God gave him that favor. And in that adversity, he operated in the favor of God to ultimately um, create an atmosphere that God was going to use um, to take care of an entire nation whenever they faced famine and drought. And so I just share all those things to say again about Mary, that when we have found favor in the Lord, just as, as she did in this greeting, greeting so favored one, the Lord is with you. It's not just it's not just favor without great cause, without significant purpose. And so I think that's why she was troubled because she understood, even as an innocent young woman, um, the weight that favor can carry. And so I'm going to go into that a little further. Um, as you follow the what we would call the Christmas story, um, specifically in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, um, God begins to faithfully uh, bring provision into uh, this favor that is on her life. And so if I was Mary and I thought that I was found in favor and I was carrying the Son of God, I would definitely assume that I was going to be giving birth like in a, a five-star hospital um, in the, the best of circumstances with minimal adversity. That would be my expectation. And that's not what her experience was. So how do you reconcile that? How does she reconcile the adversity she's facing and the fact that she is still favored by God? I don't know about you all that are listening, if that's ever something that, that you struggle with, but I know that's a question that, that on, on the days that, especially when my flesh is in overdrive, I'm just thinking, man, where's the favor of God in this situation? Uh, because this feels like adversity right now. This does not feel like some uh, glorious, beautiful, um, angelic picture. And so um, as the story unfolds, um, God 
provides the right people in her life, the right affirmations in her life, and the right circumstances in her life for her to be able to continue to walk in his favor and, and to bring uh, Christ into the world around her. The first way that we see that happen is through providing uh, Joseph to her as, as a husband. Matthew, the book of Matthew describes him as a just man. And God in his provision, ahead of the need, um, provided a man that was willing to walk with her in this season of uh, what may have looked like conspiracy to others in a way that was just and full of integrity. And I just absolutely love that. Um, in the same conversation in Luke chapter 1, between um, the angel Gabriel and Mary, he tells her about a relative of hers, Elizabeth, that she's going to be um, expecting a child as well. And they go through this together. And, and when you pick up reading about Elizabeth uh, around verse 42 in Luke chapter 1, it says that when she encountered Mary, she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And so I see God, again, reminding Mary in an unusual circumstance of the favor on her life. He brought someone in her life to speak affirmation into the calling that was on her on her life. And just the basic provision of, of friendship right there is very special. And so as we continue on, we know that um, the, the wise men are part of this story, that shepherds are part of this story. And, and both of those character sets do two different things. Um, the wise men listen to God and they obey God in a way that, that protects her son's life. Again, that's God giving provision to the favor that was on her life to fulfill the call of God on her life. And then the shepherds, it says that they came and, uh, and, and they brought praise and they did praise when they encountered the presence of Jesus and that Mary pondered those things in her heart. So just another dose of God's provision of, of affirmation that yes, you are favored. Yes, this is what I've called you to. Yes, I'm taking care of all of the circumstances. And so uh, one of the most interesting encounters is between Mary and a prophet named or a man named Simeon that, that operates in a prophetic gifting. And we'll have an entire podcast devoted to Simeon, but it's something that he says to Mary that I want to utilize as we transition uh, to bringing some, some conclusion to, to this concept of favor and what the weight of favor can feel like sometimes. So um, you picture the manger scene, whatever that looks like, whether you're picturing it in a cave, which is probably more true to where it was versus a, a barn, but you've got this scene of, of the new birth, the child, and then you've got this period of, of um, some days of purification before they can go in uh, to do uh, things that are required under the law um, concerning the birth of Jesus. And so so they leave that, that manger scene, uh, they head to the temple, the appropriate and legal time, and at that time, a man named Simeon comes up, and he begins to prophesy over this child, uh, Jesus. And, and these are some of the things that he says. And then uh, I want you to pay really close attention to 
to what he says about Mary at the very end. So Simeon says about, about Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 30, 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. That's the first part. And Simeon blessed them and then said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I don't know about you listening to that, but if I was Mary and I had heard that, I might be questioning the favor of God in that moment thinking, how can both of these things be? How can I be a favored one? And yet, I'm receiving um, word led by the Holy Spirit uh, from a man that is telling me I'm going to experience incredible suffering. How do those things go hand in hand? And so I think that Mary had not only the great calling and capacity of favor on her life, but she showed us what it looks like to to deal with incredible sorrow before reaping the next benefit of joy. And that's something that, that we all can experience and relate to because we go through those seasons. If you are a believer, there is favor of God on your life, but sometimes having that favor um, it takes you into a certain level of adversity that causes grief, that causes sorrow. And sometimes there is joy immediately after that. And sometimes it is seen, seen later. We know that it comes. The word tells us that it comes. But to me, Mary painted this incredible picture of what it looks like to live in this uh, reality that is someone who is favored, yet experiencing sorrow, yet still hiding and pondering the words of God in her heart and holding on to them with the, the reminder of purpose and joy being fulfilled in the end. And so I'm going to skip ahead uh, in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, specifically verses 6 through 18. And I just want to read the scripture over you, the listener, and your circumstances, but I want you to think about Mary too. This is this is not about Mary specifically, but I think that everything about this text embodies what we've talked about in this podcast, being a person of favor with a call to, to birth Christ into the world around us, experiencing adversity, experiencing grief, experiencing sorrow, yet hoping for joy because of the word of Christ hidden in our hearts. So this letter is from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, and, uh, and starting in in verse 6, it says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. This is something that Mary birthed into the world. She personally saw the face of Christ Jesus, the first to meet this light of knowledge, this light that, that shined in the darkness. But verse 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. If there's anyone in scripture that embodies this picture of treasure in something as, as futile as a jar of clay, something that, that, um, 
that over time is easily broken or, or damaged. Um, Mary, in her human form, she held treasure in her womb and carrying Jesus. So it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase with thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Man, that reminds me of Mary committed to not losing heart, always pondering and treasuring the word of God in her heart and carrying the weight of glory that was very unique to her circumstances and the favor of God on her life. And so just to bring all of this to final conclusion, I always want to end with encouragement because there's there's always encouragement in Jesus. Jesus is is the hope of all of all things and all good and perfect things are from him. If there's favor on your life, that's not something to be scared of. Just as in Mary's case, the angel told her to fear not. But sometimes when there's favor on your life, there is a weight of glory to be carried with that as you are carrying around treasure in jars of clay. But there is something that is unseen that encourages you not to lose heart. And as we trace back through Mary's story, we can see maybe what was unseen to her. Uh, the provision of, of those relationships, of those affirmations, of those prophecies that, that continued to spur her on in not losing heart as she faced uh, the reality of what it looked like to carry a treasure in, in a jar of clay, uh, kind of modeling that on the front end for, for many of us today. So those are some, some thoughts on Mary. I realize they're a little scattered. Uh, they're a little all over the place. But at the, at the end of the day, everything is about Jesus. Everything is about uh, bringing glory and honor to Jesus. And if we can learn uh, how we carry him, and how we do that in a way that, that we saw reflected in Mary, uh, then I think uh, this has been time well spent together. So I'm going to pray over you, and then we'll be done. Dear Lord, I pray for uh, the women listening. I pray that if they don't know that they're found in your favor, that you would remind them of that. I pray that as they experience adversity, that they would see your provision in it as greater than anything else. 
I pray that uh, they would not lose heart and that they would have eyes of faith that help them see uh, that which is unseen. I thank you for your written word and these comments and verses on Mary so that we can, can learn from her life. And I thank you that she was obedient to walk in your favor, that she was obedient to accept your invitation um, into her life and, and what that means for the rest of us today. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us. In your name we pray. Amen.